Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I am a big fan of using the covered call selling strategy. It has turned out to be a little bit less profitable for me, and mainly that's because I'm market shy right now. It has turned out to be a little more time consuming, mainly because I check it every day, even though I don't have to. I think I'm just searching for the dopamine rush. A few months ago, I did an episode on covered calls specifically, and maybe in that episode you were a little bit interested. Maybe you, something inside of you gave a little spark. Maybe you'd like the strategy, but you just haven't started yet. And if you haven't started yet, maybe it's because, like me, it just seems like it's too much work. Then in today's episode, it's for you. Today, I will be reviewing two slightly newish funds that specialize in covered calls to generate income through a higher average dividend yield. These are two ETFs that do what I'm doing, the covered call strategy, all wrapped up in a nice little one-click, buy-me-now portfolio button. You're listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams, so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. Let's get into it. So as I said, if you've been listening to this show for the last six months or so, you probably know that I have a little side investment project that I've been doing every week, and it involves selling cash-secured puts and covered calls. They're two different options strategies that I've talked about in the past, but I'll give a quick overview here today. I got interested in doing this strategy because I wanted to show a friend of mine who just got started in his career, he does not have a lot of money, and I'm trying to show him the power of investing. Specifically, he wanted to increase his weekly income. And that is why I have started doing the options trading to generate weekly income, stuff that you can pull out right away at the end of each week if you wanted to. He has a retirement plan. He's set up for that. He's investing for the long term, but he wanted to increase his income. And one great way to do that, actually two great ways to do that, if you practice and if you you know paper trade and trial and error, you can sell cash secure puts and covered calls. However, in the meantime, since I've been doing this strategy since, what, May 2021, every single week I go in and I buy cash-secured puts or I sell covered calls on stocks that I already own. Every single week since May I've been doing this, and it's, it's been a little bit more tedious than I thought. So let's jump into real quick, short recap on what is a covered call, and then we'll dive into these new ETFs that are trying to promise to deliver the same results that I've been getting on my own. So let's start with what is a covered call? Well, when you own a stock, you are entitled to several rights as the stock owner, including the right to sell the security at any time for the market price. Covered call writing lets you set this price and then lets you sell that uh, right and that ownership authority to somebody else in exchange for cash, meaning that the buyer of the option gets the right to purchase your stock on or before the expiration date at a predetermined price called the strike price. A call option is a contract that gives the buyer the legal right but not the obligation to buy shares of the underlying stock at the strike price at any time on or before expiration. The seller, that would be you if you're selling a covered call, also owns the underlying security and the option is considered covered because you have 100 shares of that stock. Let's get to do a quick example. 
you have, let's say, 100 shares of Tesla. Congratulations, it's an expensive stock, and if you have 100 shares, you probably bought it a while ago, and you've made good money. So let's say your cost basis is $100 per share. Tesla today is trading at $160-ish per share, so you have an unrealized gain of $60 per share. With the possible recession heading your way, you're worried that Tesla won't grow like it has in the past five years. You still want to own Tesla for the long term, maybe even in the next 10 or 20 years. But in the meantime, how can you make some money on Tesla even though its stock may not appreciate? Well, you sell a covered call. So you click on your broker site and you go under the options tab. You can select sell a call against your 100 shares. Now let's say a month out. You're one month out. Someone is betting that Tesla is going to be worth $200. Again, right now it's $160. So they say, hey, I will buy your shares if Tesla hits $180 in the next month. And for this right to buy your shares, they pay you $380. And I did look this up. That is the actual price at the time of this recording. So if you sold a covered call on Tesla, you would get $380 for the month. Congratulations, if you did that, you just sold your first covered call. Now, if Tesla hits $180 or above in the next month, that person would buy your shares and keep your shares. You, in exchange, would get to keep the $380 and the $18,000 from the proceeds of that sale. If Tesla closes below $180 per share, you keep the 380 that you sold for the covered call, the shares are still yours, and now you can sell another covered call as a way of creating more income on your shares. That was an example of a covered call. It sounds easy, and in theory it really is, but picking strike prices and waiting to see what happens in a month can be stressful. If Tesla tanks, you can't sell your shares because you're stuck in this contract. I mean, you could buy yourself out of the contract, but that would be expensive. So there's a lot of emotions involved. But if you can... Stay level-headed, and you have a good cost price on your stock, I really like the idea of selling covered costs. But if you're like me and you stress too much about what's happening on the global scale and how that might be affecting your stock portfolio, maybe you should think about dollar cost averaging into one of these covered call ETFs that we're going to talk about. You know how it goes. We're going to talk about it right after this break. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. We're going to focus on the two largest covered call ETFs available today. And here's the thesis for these two. The two are Global X NASDAQ 100 covered call ETF, which ticker symbol is QYLD. And then there's the JP Morgan Equity Premium Income ETF, known as JEPI. J-E-P-I is the ticker symbol. They're two of the most popular funds out there. They're two of the largest covered call strategy funds out there. To wit, QYLD is currently yielding a 14.61%. Did you hear that right? If you're a dividend investor, you probably know what these are anyway, but if you're not, you're like, what was that? Yeah, QYLD 
is Payne, a yield of 14.61%. Jeppy, the JP Morgan one, is paying 9.38%. Just to, if you don't have a basis for how much that really is, a very popular dividend stock MO, Altria Group, which has tobacco and alcohol products, they're paying a very high percentage for a dividend stock right now of 8%. These two ETFs are claiming 14.61 and 9.38%. So it's a lot. When you're looking at both the absolute terms and the overall low yield environment that we're kind of stuck in, the 10-year treasury is yielding less than 3%. And if you have an S&P 500 ETF, you're getting 1.5%. The average yield for the last four years of QYLD has been 11.7%. The average yield in the last four years for JEPI has been 6.1%. So when you compare it to the surge in inflation that everyone's worried about, it's on every investor's mind, these yields are very competitive. However, investors should not simply base their decisions on yield, especially discounted yield right now because the stocks are a little bit lower, the yields therefore are a little bit higher. My view is that the relatively brief period of JEPI hasn't really established a representative average yet, but we're going to dig into it still. So besides the mouth-watering dividend yields, there are differences between these two funds, and it is the focus of what we're going to talk about today. We want to closely examine the differences so that you, the investor, can make an informed choice to the fit and the personal risks and profiles and goals that you have for your portfolio. And you'll see why in these differences that many investors favor QYLD over JEPI. Spoiler alert, if I was going to choose one right now in my portfolio, I actually have eight shares. So I have chosen, I am an eight share owner of JEPI, but... Don't follow me blindly into anything. That is certainly not what this show is about. Today's episode is to give you some information on a turnkey approach to covered call ETFs. So if you're not familiar with these funds, JEPI is a much larger fund. It has $11.5 billion. QILD, on the other hand, has $7.1 billion under management. In terms of expenses, JEPI has a lower expense ratio, which if you know me, that's why I like JEPI. Its expense ratio is 035 and QILD charges a higher expense ratio of 0.6. So almost half as cheap to go with JP Morgan's ETF fund, but less dividend yield. The more fundamental differences are in the indexing method, and this is pretty important. They follow totally different index strategies. Overall, QILD is index-based to the NASDAQ 100, which has done extremely well in the last 10 years. JEPI follows a more value-oriented approach, and as a result, the holdings in JEPI tend to have lower valuation multiples, aka you're not going to see as much bang growth out of JEPI. The PE ratio for JEPI is 21.5x, while the QILD is 22.5, so yeah, pretty close, about 5% off. The difference is more dramatic in terms of the price-to-book value. JEPI's price-to-book multiple is 4x compared to the 6.1x for QILD. So when you look at JEPI, it looks like you're getting a discount of about 33%. And you know, a lot of people say it's the price you buy is very important. That's why I love to dollar cost average into things because it helps average out that price you're buying. But if you buy an overpriced house, for instance, it's the same as buying an overpriced stock. It could take years and years and years for anything to appreciate. You think it's always just going up and to the right until you're the sucker that bought it at the top. And now you're just waiting in an investment that you don't really love to come around and appreciate. So when you look at JEPI, which is about a third of a discount price in terms of book value, pretty, um, I like 33% off. So let's address the elephant in the room. First off, dividends. 
Indeed, many investors are drawn to these covered call funds because the monthly and very high dividend yields. The dividend yield, again, for QILD has fluctuated in a range from about 9.5 to 13.1, averaging the last few years at 11.3. And as we said, the current yield has been over 14% this year. In terms of TTM yield, which I rely on more because it filters out kind of the month-and-month noise, it's yielding 14.6%. That is a lot, and that's very attractive. Even as I'm talking into the microphone, I'm thinking, man, maybe I should go buy some QILD, but don't don't go chasing yields. The dividend yield for JEPI has fluctuated in a range from about 6.59 to 9.6 since its inception in 2021. Its average has been 7.75% since then. But again, its current yield in the TTM is 9.38%. Both funds provide sufficient dividends, sufficient being of probably underwhelming word there, both in absolute and relative terms. As I mentioned earlier, let's talk about an example of their dividends against inflation. You know, everyone's talking about inflation. I'm looking at a high-yield savings account in my town that actually what? Apple. I'm looking at rolling some money into Apple in my emergency fund, and it's paying 4.15. So because of inflation, a lot of banks are finally catching up and actually giving you a decent yield in your savings account. But in terms of something like QILD or JEPI, you're actually getting market potential, like market returns, plus a very high dividend yield. Plus, I doubt that the current level of inflation is going to last in the long run. I know most Federal Reserves and central banks around the world are trying to get it down to the 2 to 3 maybe 4% in some countries. So I expect ex- inflation to stabilize recently, maybe in the 25 to 3% yield here in America, which is going to bring down that Apple savings account, therefore making maybe QILD or JEPI more appealing. So QILD, let's talk about that. QLD has demonstrated the ability to grow their dividend at a healthy pace. This is important. Anyone who looks at dividend investing should be looking at growth of the dividend. Because if you get into a really high dividend year one and then year two, it's down a little bit. Year three, it's down a little bit. Year four, it's down a little bit. You don't want to be investing in an ETF or a company where its dividend is dropping. QLD has been able to increase its dividend over the last few years. Its dividend growth rate in the last three years has been 2.61%. Past five years, it has been 8.27%. Both those numbers are outpacing inflation in the long term. JEPI, on the other hand, has been around uh, long enough to establish a reliable trend, and it's been going up in the last few years. I do think in the long run, their dividend growth rate will outpace inflation, and that's something important to think about when you're talking about dividend investing. So let's dive in. Let's take a quick look at their holdings because when you're buying any ETF, whether managed or passive, you want to look at what is underneath the hood. What is this particular ETF or fund actually holding? And with these two specifically, how are they generating such a high income yield and is it going to be consistent? They say that the secret is to use covered calls as we started the episode. So according to the prospectus of QILD, its covered call position is created by buying and owning the stocks in the NASDAQ 100 and selling a monthly at-the-money index call option, which historically produces higher yields in periods of volatility, which if you don't know, we are very much in a high period of volatility since basically 2020. JEPI follows a similar strategy, except it picks different stocks, more value-oriented stocks. And it uses these stocks to write underlying covered calls and some other magic that they sprinkle on that they say is proprietary and they don't tell us about. In both cases, both funds can collect the premium from the options, which is the whole point, and that's the main mechanism for their lucrative and consistent income. 
they've got smart people behind the wall making these options choices. A comparison of their top 10 holdings, QYLD's top holdings are exactly the same as the largest stocks in the NASDAQ 100. And guess what? It's dominated by big tech stocks that you know. We're talking Google, we're talking Apple, we're talking Microsoft, we're talking NVIDIA, we're talking Tesla, yada, yada, yada. You can look up the top 10 NASDAQ holdings and you'll basically match what QYLD has. While the holdings and JPI are totally different, you can easily see and tell the top 10 holdings are more value-oriented and have very little exposure to tech stocks at all, which is pretty interesting. Like They don't even want the volatility. Like QYLD is leaning into the volatility because if you know much about options, volatility gives you a higher premium. JEPI is like trying to find maybe the Warren Buffett approach. So they're trying to find more boring dividend stocks that they can write at the money call options and collect a premium and then pass that on to you, the investor. So besides generating a steady income, the use of options also creates other advantages that they say. And I agree on some parts, I guess. The use of options can also reduce volatility because the income can cancel off potential losses from price depreciation. Furthermore, the premium of options tends to go up when market volatility increases. As I said, that's been going on right now. However, cover calls are definitely not the silver bullet. As I mentioned, it's been hard for me to keep a level head. It's been hard for me to generate. Like I'm too afraid, I guess, to pull the trigger on some of these at-the-money options because I'm afraid the stock is going to drop a little further and then you're reducing your your payback. But when you're buying these ETFs, they can do whatever they want. And if you trust the manager, then it's easier and less stress for you. But a key drawback is that they also reduce funds' ability to fully profit from price appreciation. When you look back at historical models, and this is like one of the biggest, it's certainly a reason why you wouldn't want a large portion of your portfolio, especially if you're in your 30s or 40s, into JEPI or QILD. It's a good idea if you're looking for literal income now but I think in the long run, if you just bought the NASDAQ 100 ETF, it's going to outpace QILD over the next 10 or 20 years. Same with JEPI. If you just bought the S&P 500, you're probably going to outpace JEPI for the long run. But if you're looking for a dividend income and less volatility than the most of the market is giving you, these two funds are probably worth a look. So if you're looking for income now, maybe, maybe give them a peek. Dig under the hood. Look them up. J-E-P-I and Q-Y-L-D. If you're looking to invest for the long term, maybe to stick with a low-cost passive index fund. If you like stress and you want to be more hands-on, you can do this yourself and you can write your own cash secure puts and cover calls like I've been doing since last May. But as always, to each their own, do your own due diligence, and I would recommend pick investments that don't mess with your sleeping patterns. You've been listening to My Millennial Investor the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is produced and published by Oregon Trail Investor in the USA. All information is for entertainment purposes only. The brand My Millennial Investor is used under license. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 